You may be seated and we're uh, going to talk to you part two on great expectations. Uh, the text that we're going to be looking at this morning is from Jeremiah uh, chapter 29 and verse 11. Where the Lord says, for I know the plans that I have for you. It's good to know that he's got plans for us. Says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Now what this tells us that our future is bright when we walk in his paths. And so one thing we do not want to do as we go into 2019, we do not want to allow the past to shape our future. The Apostle Paul didn't allow his past to hinder him. As a matter of fact, he said, this is one thing that I do for certain. I'm forgetting those things which are behind, and I'm reaching forth unto those things which are before me. And then he goes on to say in verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? So we can do the same thing. We can let go of anything that negative that happened in the past, and then we can face our future with great expectation. And we said last week that our level of expectation will determine the level of our life. And how that God has raised us up together, made us sit together in Christ in heavenly places. And this raising up together with Him is not based on our qualifications. It's not based upon our track record. It's certainly not based upon our looks, our education, or lack of. But this level is based on His grace and the upward call of God upon your life. And so here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, according to your faith, so be it unto you. We could say it this way, according to your expectation, so be it unto you. Now I think a great example of a man of God that had great expectation was Abraham. So we want to take a look at Abraham for a few moments today. Look at Romans chapter 4, and we'll look at verses 17 through 21. Romans, the fourth chapter, says, Who against hope believed in hope. Well, what does that mean? Well, when all natural hope was gone, he, when he had nothing to base his expectation upon, his, his, his body was you know, beyond the time of, of, of being able to reproduce, or whatever the case may be, who against hope had a confident, favorable expectation based on something that God had said to him. So who against hope, he believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. In verse 19 it says, And be not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now notice verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what God had promised to him, and what had God promised to him? God had promised to Abraham that you are the father of many nations. 
The God who created the universe and said, Light be, said to Abraham, I'm calling you the father of many nations. We serve a God that calls those things which be not as though they were. And if we want to be good imitators of our Heavenly Father as good children, we'll do the same thing. We'll call our body strong when it feels weak. We'll call ourselves debt-free when we have debt. Amen? We'll call ourselves blessed when in the natural realm we may feel cursed. Glory to God. We'll call ourselves full of joy when we feel sorrow. So faith calls those things that be not as though they were. And if we're going to do that, we're going to have to open our mouth and speak forth what God has said. And you'll never lie and you'll never deceive yourself by saying about yourself what God said about you. Words are extremely important. And so God called Abraham the father of many nations. Now Abraham could have staggered at the promise of God through unbelief, but he chose not to. You know, we can stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but it's a choice for you and I to stay in faith. And I tell you one thing about staying in faith. If you will stay in faith, you'll stay in joy. And not only that, but you'll have peace. I've never met a person that is in authentic faith that, that is a person that's, a, you know, having a nervous breakdown. I've never met a person that is in authentic faith, true faith, that walks around with their head down and just all bummed out about life. No, people of faith are people of joy. People of faith are people of peace. Amen. So God calls those things which be not as though they were. And so Abraham didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. He refused to consider his own body now dead, it being about a hundred years old. But rather, he chose to remain strong in faith. And one way that he did that was he gave glory to God. I wonder, is there anybody in the house this morning that can give glory to God because you're standing on a promise of God? Come on, let's give him glory. Let's give him glory as a church. Glory to God. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you will do in our lives. Amen. Amen. Don't fret. Don't fret. He that began a good work in you, he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that God's not finished with any of us? Amen. Now here's the verse I wanted you to look at in verse 21. And being fully persuaded. He would not have been fully persuaded if he started considering his body. He would not have been fully persuaded if he had chosen to be in doubt and unbelief. But Abraham was fully persuaded by what? That what God had promised, he was able also to perform. You see, you are not the performer. God is the performer. You are the one that is be, to be fully persuaded. Not partially persuaded, not 25% persuaded, but fully persuaded that what God had said, He is able to perform, and He is watching over His Word to perform it on your behalf. Amen. So, I believe this, that Abraham was fully expecting because he was fully persuaded by the promise. We have 66 books of exceeding great and precious promises. I think sometimes I might just do a series called Promises. 
promises. So find the promises. Find the promise that covers your case. Find the promises. Find them yourself. It's good to hear someone speak about the promises. Thank God for faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But faith will come even more quickly to you if you will find the promises, believe the promises, and speak the promises, and faith will come, and you'll be fully persuaded. Amen? And guess what will happen? Your expectation will begin to soar. Your expectation will soar. I'm interested in my expectation soaring. Amen. 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 How about you? So maintain then a disposition, an attitude of expectancy. And then even expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What does that mean? I believe what that means is this. I believe that this is a phrase coined to imply that you can expect to be surprised. Expect to be surprised. God is a God of surprises. He certainly is. Amen? Now, in Isaiah 55 and verse 8, uh, from the book of Isaiah 55 and verse 8, he says, Now my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways, uh, neither are your ways, rather, my ways, says the Lord. So we see then that God always has a higher thought. Amen? His higher thoughts are based on His Word, of course. I like what the message translation says. It says, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. The NLT says this, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. I like that, don't you? He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to God's power that's at work in us. So let's read this NLT. We've got some time to read that. Ready, read. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. So one thing we want to make sure that we don't do is we never want to limit God. And this here is your limiter. If you live out of here, you will always limit God. God wants us to live out of here in our heart where he lives, where faith is. Amen? You'll always be on safe ground if you choose to live out of your heart. And then, we all need to make sure, not only that we don't limit him, but that we do not try to help him out. (laughs) Don't try to help God out. God's well able. God's well willing, isn't he? Um. Y'all remember the story about Naaman? Naaman was, was one of the top-notch uh, warriors. Uh, you know, I believe it was in, in an army that was one of the enemies of Israel. But Naaman was a leper. And he was highly esteemed by his king. And so Naaman wrote a letter to the king of Israel saying that we want Naaman to come and so that Naaman can be healed because we know that your God is able to do it. 
And so Naaman comes with a great host of people. And, and uh, I want you to pick it up in verse 9 of 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. It says, So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. So the, the king of Israel turned this over to Elisha because he knew the prophet of God could do something about it. And notice what verse 10 says, And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to you, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth. In other words, Naaman got hot. Naaman became very angry, probably because Naaman was full of pride. One of the things that he said was, you know, the rivers where I come from are a whole lot cleaner and a whole lot better than the Jordan. So Naaman got very, very hot and went away and said, Behold, I thought... I want you to make note of that. Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over me, over the place, and recover the leper. So I want you to pay particular attention to that. I thought surely. I thought surely. Did you know that this is where we can get in some serious trouble? I thought I had it all figured out how God was going to do this. Sometimes the greatest enemy of our life is our thinking. When you think surely God's going to do it this way or God's going to use this person or whatever the case may be, you could very easily be headed for disappointment. You quit trying to figure out how and just know he will do it. He will do it. And finally, Naaman came to his senses, didn't he? Because one of his servants came to him, Hey, you know, if he'd asked you to do something great, you know, I mean, hey, come on, now wake up. And so Naaman turned and dipped seven times. And thank God, Naaman came out completely healed. Isn't that awesome? But I thought, surely, get in trouble living out of this. That's why he said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to thy own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge him. And what's he going to do for you this year? Is he going to direct your paths? Now you've got to allow him to direct your paths. If you don't allow him to direct your paths by acknowledging him in all your ways, well, you'll just have to figure it out on your own. And I like what Dr. Phil says. How's that working for you? How has that worked for you in the past? Now let's look over at Job chapter 5, verse 8. Say it with me, I'm expecting the unexpected. I'm expecting God's surprises all year long. Now in Job, the fifth chapter, in the eighth verse, he says, He said, I would seek unto God. And unto God would I commit my cause. In other words, I would go to God, I would commit my cause, I would pray my prayer. And then here's what he says in verse 9 about what God does. Let's read verse 9 together. Which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things. 
So we see here that our God does what kind of things? I mean, he's a great God, isn't he? A great God does great things, unsearchable, marvelous things without number. Now, let's look at the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation says, If I were you, I would go to God and I would present my case to Him. Verse 9. He does great things too marvelous to understand. He performs countless miracles. Countless miracles. I'm prophesying over this church countless provisional miracles for you. I'm prophesying over this church countless healing miracles in Jesus' name. Not only for the people in this church, but miracles flowing through you to other people. Hallelujah. He does great things. You're doing great things. Too marvelous to understand. You perform countless miracles. Now, did you wear your shouting clothes today? Look at the message translation. The message translation says this. If I were in your shoes, I'd go straight to God. And here's what I'd do. I'd throw myself over on the mercy of God. After all, he's famous. Woohoo, he's famous. He is famous. He's great and he's greatly famous. What is he famous for? He is famous for great and unexpected acts. There is no end to his surprises. Is that all you can do? (laughs) There is no end to his surprises. He's famous for great and unexpected acts. There is no end to his goodness. There is no end to his greatness. There is no end to his surprises. I'll run for you. It may look like a trot, but it's only 10 in the morning. By 7 o'clock tonight, we may just tear the house down. He is famous. He's famous for what? Great and unexpected acts. There's no end to his surprises. If you want to experience surprises and blessings on your life, Get your heart and your mouth hooked up together and say things like this. I'm living under the commanded blessing of the Lord. I'm living in a continual state of God's favor. God favors me. God favors me. You are a favorite of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I got an unexpected blessing the other day. You know, I like to watch the Warriors. How many of you like the Warriors? They've been having a little tough patch lately. And uh, uh, so, anyway, uh, Tuesday was a real, real busy day. Had meetings, a lot of, lot of different things going on and so forth and so on. And that morning, I kind of went over. Uh, my, my son gave me a $100 uh, gift certificate to Ticketmaster. And I thought, hmm. Maybe I can get a Warriors ticket. They're playing Houston tonight. And so, 
I went on there and I thought, oh man, you know, by the time they get done with all those fees and everything, it's about 250 bucks to be able to sit in the lower level. Now, I'm not a snob, but I'm not going to sit up in the nosebleeds. Thank you very much. And uh, so, you know, I'm, Brenda and I got home and I said, you know, I think I'll take a nap. She says, I just got a text. Oh, yeah? She said, yeah, someone's got two tickets for the Warriors game for you. And I said, have them, send them on down. Send them on down. Praise the Lord. I mean, 14 rows up from the floor. Perfect, perfect visual. That's the favor of God. I didn't expect that. But oh, glory to God. It was one of God's surprises. What a blessing. Even though they lost in the last second. (laughs) Even though they lost in the last second in overtime. So expect surprises. Expect God to do some great things for you. And then be a blessing to do some good things and great things for others. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Well, I'm going to say that again. I'm going to try this section over here. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And he will multiply your seed sown. Come on, somebody. It's not, life is not about all just hoarding up the blessings. Life is about being blessed. And then, of course, you know, being a blessing. Say with me, I am a blessing. So, again, in the message translation, it says this. If I were in your shoes, I'd go straight to God. I'd throw myself over on the mercy of God. After all, He is famous for great and unexpected acts. There is no end to His surprises. Say this to me. I live and I will live in a continual state of God's favor. And as I do, there will be no end to his surprises. Amen. So again then, our level of expectation determines the level of our life. Now go over to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Great expectations. Great expectations. Deuteronomy 28 Now this comes as a result of us hearing His Word and obeying His Word. And notice in verse verse 2, and let's read this together. And all these blessings shall come on thee. All of these blessings. And if you want to know what all of these blessings are... Just look at verses 3 through 14 of Deuteronomy 28. Part of which are, you'll be blessed in the city. You will be blessed in the field. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be above and not beneath. You will live under the commanded blessing of the Lord. All these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake you as you hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Now that word overtake is an awesome word. One translation says, these blessings that overtake you, they will chase after you. What does that mean? That means we won't have to help God out. 
We won't have to look to man. We just walk in the commanded blessing of the Lord, keep our eyes on Him, and the blessings of God will chase after you. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to shout. The blessings of God chasing after you? Woo, glory to God. Amen. Well, Pastor Mark, the blessings of God never overtake me. Well, that tells me that you're not hearkening to His voice. That tells me that you're not being obedient. Right? Disobedience will close the door on His blessings chasing after you. In Isaiah, it says this, If you are willing and obedient, what are you going to eat? You're going to eat the good of the land. Is there some good in the land to eat? Is there there some good of the land to live in? Is there some good of the land to wear? You better believe there's some good of the land for you. Well, I don't know, Pastor Mark. I just never get blessed. You need to get rid of that and start living in faith and living under the commanded blessing of the Lord. Amen. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 28, verse 2. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake you if thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. Now, the word overtake, I looked it up, also means to come upon you suddenly. We could say it this way, that the blessings of the Lord will come upon you suddenly, surprise you, and even overwhelm you. I'm telling you, the joy that comes from experiencing a God surprise. Say it with me real strong. He is the God of the surprises. And how He does it is His business, right? Now look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and through, uh, verse 36 in the NLT, if we could. Glory to God. I feel a preach coming on. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 35, 36. So don't throw away your, this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings to you. What kind of reward? Great reward. Amen. Patient endurance is what you need now. So that you will continue to do God's will, then you will receive all that He has promised. Oh, hallelujah. So we're expecting great things in 2019. Amen. Who will join me and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, believe I believe I receive, I receive great, things, great things, great surprises, great surprises. in 2019. You see, you and I can expect great things because He is great and He does great things. You know, the Bible talks about His greatness. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, He's called the great and the awesome God. In Genesis 15, He is our exceeding great reward. In Psalms 47, He is our great King. In Hebrews 4, He is our great high priest. In Hebrews 13, he is our great shepherd. In Psalms 145, he has great mercy. In Nehemiah 1, he has great power. 
In Psalms 18, he has great deliverance. In Psalm 76, he has a great name. In Psalm 19, he has great rewards. In Psalms 145, he lays up great goodness for those who reverence him. In Psalm 92, he does great works. In Psalms 86, he does and performs great miracles. In Psalms 117, he shows great kindness toward us. Oh, I wish I could tell you today how great he is. How great is our God. Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Woo! In Psalms 138, he's got great mercy. In Jeremiah 27, he is great in power. In Jeremiah 32, he is great in counsel. In Psalm 139, the sum of his thoughts toward us are great. God's thinking good thoughts about you. In Lamentations, great is his faithfulness. Lift up your hands and just thank him for his faithfulness in your life. Glory to God. Faithful are you, God. Faithful are you. Faithful is my God. In Daniel 4, he performs great signs. In Joel 2, he has great armies. In Matthew 4, he gives great light. In Zechariah 8, he has a great zeal. In the book of Jonah, he prepared a great fish. Great winds. And he gives great hopes. Did you know that the day of his coming is called great? And did you know that he's coming soon? Did you know that his great power can still storms today like it's still the Sea of Galilee on that day when they were going to the other side? And did you know this? That the disciples, when they walked with him, even in the midst of persecution, and even in the midst of all hell breaking loose, the Bible says that those that followed him, those that were disciplined to live for him, they had great joy. Amen. And in Acts chapter 4, when it talks about all of the things that were happening the day of Pentecost, when the power of God came on them, they went out into the streets, leaping and walking and praising God and speaking in other tongues. And he's told the whole church, he said that great grace will be upon all of you. And I declare over your life, great grace for this whole year. Great serving grace. Grace standing grace. Grace abundance grace. I declare over your life, great grace is upon this church. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and thank, thank Him. Great grace is upon me. Glory to God. Layers and layers. Layers and layers of great grace. And you know what else he's going to do for us this year? He's going to open up doors that have been shut. I'm going to say that again. He's going to open up doors that have been shut. Hallelujah. For he is the God who opens doors that no man can shut. And he closes doors that no man can open. I just prophesy over your life today that according to 1 Corinthians 16, he's going to open great and effective doors for you. What does that mean? Great and effective doors means great and effectual doors. Those mean, that means God doors, God ordained appointments, God ordained connections. The doors are opening in the name of Jesus. 
Say it with me. The blessings of the Lord. And the doors are opening to me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And this is something really to shout about. You look at the book of Revelation. Did you know this? That he's got great rewards for those that will serve him. Now understand this. That you have right standing with God by nothing you've ever done. Just receiving Jesus. Righteousness is a free gift. Amen? When you come to Christ, you become the righteousness of God in Him freely. Righteousness is a gift and it's freely given. But rewards come by virtue of what you do with your salvation. Rewards come by having served Him. You know, everybody thinks they're going to get all these great rewards when they get to heaven. No, the rewards are going to be given to those who have given their life to Him. The rewards are going to be given to those who have sought first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The rewards are going to be given, not to everyone, but I believe I'm looking at a congregation where great shall be your reward. It got quiet when I said that. And it's not too late to get started. It's not too late to serve. You know, one way we serve God is we serve God with our time. Somebody says, well, you know, I'll, I'll give extra money. I'll give extra money. That's good. But if God says, give me time, extra offerings won't do it. It won't cut it. Now it's really quiet. We were doing really good until then. <laughs> Every one of us have a place. Every one of us are to sow not only our treasures, but we're also to find a place in the church. And when we do, oh my goodness, folks, there are great rewards that will come your way from a great God. Every one of us want to hear on that day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let's try to end on a high note here. You look, you look at the book of Revelation. In Revelation 21, here's the good news. He's prepared a great city for you and for me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And He's gone to prepare a place for you. Put your hand over your heart and say, Lord, thank you. For speaking to me through your word and by your spirit today. I make a fresh commitment of my spirit, my soul, and my body. I am all in for you. And I give you praise for it now. In the name of Jesus.